part are we doing again? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> we oh. just did the recap. It went very smoothly. We remember well, everything We're going to do it again. We're going to do it again, though, right? Are we? Welcome, everybody, to You Meet in a Tavern Presents Void, episode <laughs> 17. 17. Yeah, buddy. Joe, give us the recap for the first time, <laughs> definitely, just for the first time. You got it. Um, we went into what was called the Union, which was the Johto region HQ. Um, we were settled there for a while. We met up with Geneva, a.k.a. Um, what's her new title again? Astio. Astio, right, right, right. And uh, we did some shopping, and then we learned a little bit of history of what's been going on in the world, about the war, about Avarice and RWO and Max and all that stuff. Um, we got a sick timeline from Kirk to kind of fill in the blanks on all that. And then we got our first mission um, from this HQ, what, which was to go and sabotage a uh, basically TV station, broadcast station, and attach something to their tower so that Void is able to broadcast a message out to the whole region or world about the truth behind everything that's going on. So um, we, like I said, went shopping and we were just kind of prepping for that mission. Yeah, just one thing I'll add, uh, I'll add, Joe, is you are going to be picking up a fourth person that goes by HB, and they're from the tech team who will be installing um, the hacking thing to the satellite um, for the, or excuse me, to the tower to hack their satellite for the broadcast. And I will also add that, yeah, radio uh, or region-wide news building in East Eterna City, couple, you have, you have two days, I think is what I said, and now you guys are responsible for meeting up with uh, HB, getting your plans set, and then kind of going from there. You did some kind of training in the last four weeks. Mortimer, you said you spent time kind of in the infirmary, like taking care of Pokemon, doing that. Uh, Tins, you said you spent time with Momochi as well. And then uh, June, you spent a lot of extra time in the training grounds uh, using that opportunity to uh, get a little bit closer with your Pokemon. Um, and I gave, I gave uh, what's it, I gave my Yanma who remains nameless for now a scarf. Correct. It does have a scarf. And so, did we decide, do I get it? Did I get any loyalty out of that? Or is he still minus? I think three. you rolled for it and you failed. That's Correct. right. Well, I rolled for the sweater, and the sweater calmed him down enough to put the scarf on, but it didn't um, make him my friend. Right. Correct. Uh, you, uh, Gothita, did warm up to you by a tick, though. Right. So she's neutral now. Yeah. So okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's where we are. That I think that's where we ended. Horrible start here, boys, uh, for episode seventeen. <laughs> um. So it's on you. You still need to make contact with HB, get your final plans together. You have a couple days to um, before this mission happens. That's the thing I wanted to add, Joe, is it's not just a mission for you all. It is all of uh, the Johto, all of the Johto Void members, um, as well as um, I think I said Sinnoh. Uh, all the Sinnoh Void members are essentially attacking this news building to give you time to do that and to also defend it so that the broadcast can happen. 
um, and, and as long as it can. So this isn't uh, a, a stealth mission or uh, an undercover mission that you guys are on alone. Like this is an all out gangbusters onto this building. Um, no, no punches being pulled here. So yeah, you guys are up. Still need to talk to, still need to make contact with HB, still need to do any final preparations if you choose. And then we can just kind of fast forward, go accordingly from there. So it's on you. Well, I don't think, is there any like preparation or shopping left that we need to do? Or should we just hunt down uh, this HB person? Yeah, I mean, I don't have any more shopping. Uh, I guess the only thing I would be doing is, you know, training and trying to boost uh, the connection I have with my Pokemon, the loyalty that I have with them and learn all their new moves and stuff. But that's about as much training as June would be doing or prepping. Uh, Mortimer re- looks down. Well, you got to tell me who you're calling uh, so I can answer. I only <laughs> ever call one person. <laughs> Guy Lyle answers. <laughs> well, I, I never I, called Guy Lyle. I, fi- I figured Astio answers. <laughs> exactly. So Astio picks up. I don't have a lot of time, Morty. What's going on? I, uh, Geneva, um, where's this HB person that we are supposed to be, um, meeting with in preparation for our next, uh, mission? Morty, I don't have time for this shit. I gave you all her contact information in your watches, and she hangs up. I don't, uh, Geneva, hello? <laughs> I, I, I picture you, like, tapping your watch. Hello? <laughs> hello? I, um... Uh, uh, okay. And I, I go and search out uh, June and Jimmy to gather the squad. You find us. I find I am. you. I, um, I, I had a nice conversation with uh, Geneva just now, and uh, she says that um, we already have the information to find HB. I, didn't, I did not realize that uh, these things worked like that. Well, you guys are ready to go. You all prepped everything yeah. you need. Sure. Let's roll out. And then Geneva pulls up the information that uh, Astio sent on her watch and calls HB. Howdy. HB, is this you? It is. Who is this? This is June, Morty, and uh, Mortimer, and Jimmy. We are your trio squad for the upcoming mission. We are team uh, Void Void. Void <laughs> Void. Oh, okay. All right. Well, where do you want to meet up? Where Where are you at? We're at the Null and Void right now, just slinging some brews. I'll be there in a second. Okay. Um, okay. So you guys are at the Null and Void too. Um, in a couple moments, uh, coming through the Null and Void 2 doors, um, is a woman in her early 30s, red tee, light blue sleeves, light blue tracksuit bottoms with red stripes down the side, and old, worn, high-top trainers and pale skin. Slim and tall, long, messy, dark blonde hair, and a three-pocketed tool belt with shoulder straps full of random tools, wires, hardware, etc. Flanking her on each side is a Pokemon, and a familiar Pokemon floats right behind her head. To her left, an orange four-legged dog-like creature with black markings and a blondish-white tuft of fur on its head and chest. To her right is a pink and blue angular Pokemon that you've seen before, and behind her head is another metal magnet-like Pokemon just peeking around the corner. 
Jin would like to point her watch at all of those Pokemon. <laughs> uh, duly noted. Fired up. Let me uh, let me get to the decks here. I think Jin has become so infatuated with the idea of having Pokemon and that Pokemon are existed have existed. She's just extremely interested in that. So she's flashing her watch everywhere. Uh, so your watch lights up and um, and vocalizes, and then um, Morty and Jimmy, your all's watch also you see it register almost harmoniously. They all come together. All right. Growlithe has a superb sense of smell. Once it smells anything, this Pokemon won't forget the scent, no matter what. It uses its advanced olfactory sense to determine the emotions of other living things. And it buzzes down, and it whirs for a second, and it fires back up. Porygon. Porygon is capable of reverting itself entirely back to program data and entering cyberspace. This Pokemon is copy protected, so it cannot be duplicated by copying. And you see your watch whir and light up again, and it doesn't do a readout, but it shows you Magnemite on your watch. And that's one of the Pokemon that you guys have registered from the power plant already. Uh, she walks in and just throws like a big arm wave. Uh, she's 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 heard of the eclectic group that is Morty, June, and Jimmy, uh, and is Team Void Void, and easily identifies you. Um, and she throws a big wave. Hiya, I'm Holly Buchanan, but everybody around here calls me HB. And she takes a couple paces forward, her Pokemon in tow. This here Growlithe is Denver. The nervous Magnemite is Otto. And she kind of throws a thumb at the Magnemite that's floating behind her head. And my Porygon here is named Bucket. Super excited to be going on my first mission. I understand you all will be ensuring my successful arrival at the comm tower and providing me cover to install my little MacGuffin. And she holds up a small silver and gold puck and kind of like flips it in the air and snatches it, throws it back into one of her pouches. This little thing will allow us to override all other controls to the satellites and make sure that any radio and TV that is on will catch our broadcast. And then she kind of pulls up a seat as her Pokemon, the Growlithe lays down next to her, the Magnemite still kind of floats behind her head and occasionally like peeks out to get a look at you. And the Porygon just kind of teeters off into the corner of the room. It's It just kind of seems to operate under its own uh, direction. Uh, yeah. Well, um, HB, welcome to Team uh, Void Void, and uh, this is our uh, headquarters of sorts. It's uh, the Nolan Void 2. Jim kind of looks to Jimmy and just thinking of uh, first mission. Uh, man, Void really puts a lot of trust into newbies for like, <laughs> really important shit. Yes, we have had one successful mission. Time to uh, put the whole war on our shoulders. We we have a 100% uh, success rate, um, Jimmy. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, depend, uh, depending how you define it. Um, so Holly looks, or HB looks horrified as she's just watching you all like, <laughs> and she Jimmy, goes. And Jimmy's like, oh, and by the way, this is my friend, Yanma. And Yanma is flying around over his head hissing angrily <laughs> and she's just like and the magnemite like tucks under her chair and hides um holly looks around and and goes well this is supposed to be the easiest part we just have to install this on the satellite or on the tower the entire tech team the more more experienced ones have to do all the hacking and stuff this is kind of like the signal that allows us to be able to get to the satellite so 
you guys not having confidence is not giving me a lot of confidence right now. <laughs> like, I thought we had the easy part. And she's just kind of like looking around and the Magnemite is shaking so hard under her chair that it's kind of like vibrating her around. June puts a hand on her shoulder and just says, HB, HB, don't worry about it. We've been through this. We're seasoned vets. We'll take care of it. And if something wrong goes, goes, if something goes wrong, uh, you know, there's, there'll be others to pick up the slack. No worries. Jimmy says, I got shot twice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, HB immediately um, does like a, a kind of like a double pinkle, punk, pinky whistle and just mutters Bucket and Bucket floats back over the Porygon and it just has a beer on its back <laughs> and she snatches it and just crushes this beer as she's like shaking and was like, I really thought this was supposed to be the easy thing. I know, I know everybody here was supposed to be involved, but I... Uh, and she's just like muttering now, like, oh, God, I, I don't, I don't know. Get, get it together, HB. Yeah, come on. We'll do great. You were shot! <laughs> Twice! <laughs> Only a couple times. Like three days ago. And I was doing missions again, like an hour later. <laughs> <laughs> She 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 does the same whistle and bucket the Porygon whirls around and uh, this time it has two shots of brown that she just <laughs> smashes and just like hand her and she's like fiddling with the the silver gold puck that is like the devi- the MacGuffin that she has to install and she's just like I I thought it was I I thought it was gonna be easier um, and she just kind of like breaks her own muttering it's like uh, well um. Uh, I, I, I mean, I guess we could just meet up at Eterna City the day before and make sure we're ready to go on time uh, and have good proximity to the building. And I mean, now that we are all uh, properly hydrated, maybe we can just uh, let's make our way there together now as a group. Yeah, how are we getting there? And she's just like, well, I thought we could just use the. Use the the aviary Pokemon to fly us there. They thought they said that was going to be the best way to get us there, kind of as the curfew breaks in the morning, so that way we don't look as as obvious, and then we'd stay out of airspace. So I, that's what I thought we were doing. I didn't really think of anything else. What do you guys think? You guys are the successful mission goers. Bird sounds good to me. No, 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 no. Jimmy, you know, <laughs> uh, last time we were on birds, we got attacked by a helicopter. I got caught in a storm. I almost fell like six different times. Mortimer also got shot. Yes. So we don't have the best experience in the air. Could we maybe the Dodrio trip? The first one we went down went smooth. Can we grab some more of those? HB, do they have those here? I mean, we'll have to we'll have to go down and How see far are what we? they've I um, I mean, why uh, why are we asking uh, this uh, rookie? She is we just like, oh, I don't know. She's like, I thought. <laughs> I... Didn't somebody say something about a train? We just take the train. I uh, June uh, pulls up her watch. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. As, Who are SDL. you calling? <laughs> Yes, June. What did Morty do now? Yeah, nothing. But I thought you said that she kind of like turns and walks away from the group. I thought you said this HB character was like experienced and would know what's up. She is a scared little girl. Maybe you didn't say that at all. Maybe I just implied that. She, she's like silence on the phone. She goes, 
I said she was part of the tech team, and she's installing a device on the tower. I don't. Okay, implied it. Got it. That's what I did. That's my fault. It's uh, a separate question. Yeah. So, you got some Drodrio around here? Can we go by land? Uh, June, I'm I'm not sure if that's an option. I don't do the, the wrangling and the housing of the Pokemon that we have available for travel. You're going to have to figure this one out. Just go down and look. All the floors are unlocked to you now. Jeez, Geneva. You Anything else. And all of a sudden, you're on a power trip. Not on a power trip, just having to deal with a different magnitude of things right now. My responsibility shifted from you three to the entire organization as a whole. So for every June, Morty, and Jimmy, I've got that, well, not as bad, but like tenfold across hundreds of other people. So I'm I'm really trying to do my best because something in my heart tells me that I need to support you as best as I can. But some of this shit, you're really just going to have to step up and do. Okay, okay, hotshot. That's fine, but we're still your favorites, right? <laughs> and she just... <laughs> no, actually, you're still your favorite? She, you just hear her go... <sighs> and then the line cuts out. <laughs> uh, that's a yes! All right, boys. Um, I'm starting to think Geneva is intimidated by our, th- our threat to her authority. <laughs> <laughs> uh, June kind of joins back up with the group. Um, well, Geneva wasn't much help, but I, I think that we have some land Pokemon. We could take that route. It's up to you guys. I will fly if you want, but I'm not. I let's, uh, let's Let's go go see what our options are and then we can, um, make an informed decision from there. Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. So you guys, uh, drop down to the stables. Um, the stable floor. I'm not going to denote any floor because, as I've said, you have access to all of them. So I think that would just kind of be uh, petty information for no reason. So you go to the you go to the stables, and um, you're greeted by a, uh, a a little bit like just a little chubby, incredibly uh, dark skinned individual that is running the that that is clearly a part of running the stables. Um, and they seem to be non-engaged with anything, so you can go talk to them if you want, or you can just kind of take a look for yourself and see what you've got going on in the stables. Excuse me, sir. Sir, um, what do you have available here? I've, I've tried out Pelippers and Skarmories. Um, you got anything different, anything more structured, maybe a smoother ride? Um, he takes a look around. He's like, oh, well, uh, we've got a couple of Pelippers, but Skarmory, I think, I think that's Amelia's. Have you seen it? Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's tough to wrangle. Let me tell you that. Um, and he just uh, like laughs and smacks you on the on the shoulder, and he goes, "Well, look, we got Pelippers, we've got Noctowls for for nighttime flying, super fast, super quiet. Uh, we've got a couple Doduos that we've trained up. Uh, um, I don't know if the Dodrios from Kanto made it over. I know." What we typically do, because we got, uh, they've got a little bit flatter surfaces over there to allow the Dodrios to reach top speed. Once they evolve, we send them over there. But we've got some good Dodrios or uh, some Doduos for uh, for some ground travel here. Um, that's that's kind of the only ones that I'm intimately uh, familiar with. Is there any any particular way you wanted to travel? Maybe I can look into it for you. Can we go by boat? Do we have any fish? Any boat Pokemon? <laughs> and he kind of scratches like, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're trying to 
trying, trying to go in the water. I mean, we can set you up with... Is it on the water? Is the place we're going on the water? Um, so, side, just DM, side note, I'm trying to ground all of your locations within reason, so, like, if you know you're in Johto, you can pull up a map. So, where you guys are, the Union is in caves, I believe I said south of Eterna City, so, east of Eterna City is where the region-wide news, uh, building is, and then Eterna City is in the middle, so it's, um, it's, I don't want to say a straight path, but it's a path kind of through caves and mountains, uh, to Eterna City. So you can travel to somewhere by water, but I can't say it'll be the fastest way to a landlocked Eterna City. Uh, June kind of looks back to HP. HP, what do you prefer? Uh, I mean, I've flown before, but I mean, I'd be fine with ground travel too. Uh, I'm going to defer to you guys. I mean, you've been on a mission. I'm, I'm your all support. You know, you're... You're responsible for getting me there. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, we, we are on a uh, limited time frame. Uh, I think the most direct route would be on uh, a Pelipa. I think we, uh, it's, this is, kind of, we're infiltrating, kind of. We're doing a little, we're, we're kind of uh, doing a sneak attack. So what if we waited till this evening and took knockdowns? Real smooth ride. You guys, you know, the Pelipers, we had a little bit of a fight on them, but the Knockdowns, really the luxury uh, Mercedes of uh, flying around on birds. So let me step in right here. Hold on, Tins. I want to clear, or I want you to clarify what you mean by what is your sneaking mission? What is my sneaking mission? Well, right, I just mean s- like we're all sort of like meeting up casually at this city. Okay, good. I to wanted then to make attack it. I uh, uh, I yeah. wanted to make sure your goal was to sneak into Eterna City, not sneak to the building because the building is absolutely nothing to do with sneaking. No, I know. I know. No, no, okay, no. I just cool. meant like we're we're not I guess we could since we're lying, we can just we could just stroll up in broad daylight. But well also we're not supposed to have Pokémon. So we're kind of sneaking. If we're showing up on Pokemon, we don't want to drop into the middle of town in the middle of the day on Pelipers. That's why I'm saying we wait till this evening and take the knockdowns. Jimmy, roll a persuasion check. So hold on, Jimmy. Roll this with advantage because you've you you've registered a knockdown. Okay. You've been have... on a knockdown at night before, so you can roll this with advantage. And is it to persuade you, Jim? Yeah, to for, to take a flying Pokemon. Yes. Okay. Okay. My persuasion is plus seven, and my first roll is an eighteen. That's yeah, twenty-five. <laughs> and then my second is a natural one, so I'll take the eighteen. Twenty-five is my persuasion. Uh, J- Jimmy, <laughs> I don't always say this. I don't like to say this, but I think you're right. So, uh. I don't know what I was going to say. I'm a fucking idiot. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> Noctowl seems like the safe safe way to go. And and uh, what was your name again? And she turns towards the dark-skinned man. Alvin. Alvin. Alvin Simon Theodore. His name is... That That's his name. Alvin S. Theodore. Jin turns back to, <laughs> to the man and sees his little clip on his, uh, his pocket. Alvin. Alvin. Uh, I forget what I was going to say through all that. <laughs> Um, these these like four week delays between recording sessions are really uh, sharpening our skills as role players (laughs) Alvin will take the knock towels Um, we're gonna leave tonight he looks around he goes hooray he goes all right so uh, 
looks like you're going to need four knockdown. And he looks and he goes, uh, what time do you guys want to leave? What's sunset? Like seven, eight o'clock? Let's go 8 p.m. How far are we away? How, how long is it going to take us to get there? Are you asking this to Alvin? Yes. Well, asking you, the DM, as the crow flies, how far are we from where we're going? And then I can ask Alvin, who knows how fast birds are, how long it will take <laughs> us to travel that distance. Cool. So uh, Alvin, Alvin kind of looks up and thinks for a second. Should take you turn uh, a city, the edge of turn a city. Should take you about an hour. Um, I just look out. That curfew's in place, so either show up before before dusk or after dawn. So what time you need them? What? What time's the curfew? Have you? It's the curfew is from dusk till dawn. So, like, I'm 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 allowing you to establish this, knowing that it needs to make sense within when the curfew is. Because if you guys just show up in the middle of the night, there's patrols and stuff like that. Alvin, I think I think if we're if we're gonna get there by dawn and be out in the open like that, I think we should probably meet up. You know, get some early sleep, and maybe we probably need to leave by like four a.m. Why don't we just um, arrive at night, like four a.m. outside of town, sleep under a tree or something, and then stroll in in the morning after curfew is up. Four a.m. is pretty early. In the morning, mm-hmm. I think sleeping before makes more sense than sleeping after when the sun's up. Why don't we leave at like 10.30 p.m.? I, uh, I go to Arrive bed at 8 near o'clock. near the city at like 11.30. <clears throat> Sleep. We'll, we'll bring some pallets. I, um, and then well, we walk into town in the morning. Why? This sounds uh, really overcomplicated. What do you want to do? Sleep in a bed. <laughs> like let's let's just get up at let's like I I don't understand why we are um why would we purposely sleep outside? Well, the, <laughs> we are flying illegal Pokemon owned by our illegal organization into a city that we are about to lead an attack on. Four a.m. is still nighttime. Everyone's still going to be sleeping. Uh, so That's what Morty I first said, and you said no. Morty walks up to Alvin, clamps him on the shoulder. He goes, "Um, Alvin, welcome to Team Void Void. I'm going to <laughs> go to sleep now, and I will return in the morning. Uh, right, roughly about you know four a.m. Uh, for our flight out. Morty, and, when and you Morty just storms out. But, but you notice as you put your hand on his shoulder and say all this that Alvin has four knocked owl and then like six different times crossed out as he's like <laughs> not sure what's going on anymore. And as you walk away, he's like, So, like, what time? I'll be, <laughs> he has like four crossed out, 10 30 crossed out. Keep one for me. Yep, four o'clock. See you later. June follows morning. Okay. <laughs> Hey, you're the you're the flying Pokemon guy. Do you know what dragonflies eat? <laughs> Ooh, nice. <laughs> Alvin looks around and goes, "Try a couple of these." And he hands you like um uh just like a, a circular kind of cookie-like disc that he pulls out of a pouch. Uh that he seems to maybe just universally feed Pokemon, but he just gives you a couple. They're about the size of, oh, I don't know, 
Probably small. Uh, we'll say a size of a, a a half dollar for like your reference. Okay. For in the game, but he hands you three of them. What is? Are we? Is it another day since the last episode? No. So you guys are in the same day. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna. I'll pocket them. So okay. Cool. <laughs> so t- four a.m. He's got. He's got the knockdowns lined up. Four a.m. That's gonna bring you into Eterna City the day before. You have to go, which is what Holly said. Like, we should get in town the day before so that we don't look like we're just rolling in out of nowhere. Uh, so is this the plan you want to stick with in terms of departures? Yes. Did you plan for this to take up the first 40 minutes of the episode? I thought this was this is one sentence in my <laughs> notes. I literally just have written down uh, players chat to HB space. Air travel again, question mark, <laughs> and then the next block of descriptive text. I so, love it. This is great. Um, cool, cool. So, so at 4 a.m., it's a new day. At and four before a- we get on the knocktails, I wake up. I'm going to attempt to use my sweater again to create a calming aura around myself. And I think I rolled... What did I roll last time for that? I think you rolled like a six. Like it was... No, 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 no. But I mean, it just like a straight D20. It was an animal handling check. I animal think handling. Because, because so you're, got- you're building a calming aura, but you were kind of like using it to try and get Yanma to calm down. So yes. I think that's why we said animal handling. An- what, and animal that handling. is what I am still... Yanma's still out. Animal handling is a 21 this time. Okay. Uh, so you see Yanma's uh, normally furious buzzing around um it seems to just have a more mellow demeanor it's not super close to you but it's not as angrily darting away from you it's just kind of hanging out it seems to be at a little bit more comfort within your sphere of presence okay i'm gonna try to feed it these little frisbees okay kind of walk up with my hand out uh you know i'm I'm my hand's not showing up on the thing. Like, so this is what my hand looks like for the patrons. <laughs> I'm walking out. I'm handing the Frisbee. I'm trying to hand Yanma some biscuits or whatever they are and see if he likes them and, by extension, me. Okay, so you did your animal handling check. We'll let that ride. Please give me a favorable persuasion. I know that's one of your, your skills, so give me a persuasion there, Jimmy. Uh, 11. <laughs> uh, the Yanma, the Yanma, okay, so this is how I'm going to kind of set it up and allow me to take a little bit of descriptive liberties here. So as you move forward, the Yanma doesn't seem resistant at all, seems cautious, but okay. And as the Yanma, like, gets a little closer to actually start nibbling some of the biscuits out of your hand. It's like your foot catches and you kind of like fall forward a little bit and it immediately just darts into the corner. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> um, the Yanma, however, still has the calming presence and it doesn't feel like agitated, but it's it's not going for the biscuits. Not right now. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss him one. So he doesn't have to come anywhere near me, but it's on the ground near him, and I'll kind of leave him to his business as I walk out towards the Noctowls. So the next uh, persuasion or animal handling you'll have with uh, Yanma will have advantage. Yanma swoops down and gobbles up one of the discs. So you have two left. Cool. 
Um, so it's 3.34 a.m.-ish. Um, you guys, uh, I presume, are heading down to the stable area? Yes. Yep. Um, for just the sake of argument, I'm going to say you guys are kind of going there at your own... Um, at your own pace, like you're all going to meet there at four, but you're kind of taking different paths or different timelines to that. Um, Momochi, as you walk out of the room, out of your room, you're immediately uh, grabbed on the arm by Momochi. And uh, he looks at you and he goes, you've done a lot of really good work over the last, uh, last four weeks. And I, you know, I'm glad I got to know you and got to teach you some of our ways here in the infiltration group. And he hands you um, a pair of like black gloves that kind of like cut off at your palm right here. So very tight black gloves. He hand those to you. And he goes, uh, these gloves are kind of indicative of anybody that is in the infiltration group. Um, and he hands them to you and he goes, I, I hope you find some use out of them. And then he just kind of like disappears as he, as Momochi is wont to do. Um, those gloves that you're wearing tins once per day, you as a bonus action, you can have your active Pokemon, um, use smoke screen, use the attack smoke screen as okay. a bonus, as, as a bonus action. And when I say your Pokemon, it's more you, right? Like you're going to be doing something with the gloves. However you narrate that is up to you, but it's something in the gloves that allow you to, to fire out to your, for your Pokemon to fire out a smoke screen. Nice. And that's a bonus action. I conjure a line of smoke on the battlefield, 60 feet long and five feet thick. It extends any direction from a point within range. The area on either side is obscured and imposes disadvantage on any ranged attacks made by a creature targeting another on the opposite side. Any creature inside the wall of smoke, when it is conjured, must make a con save against your move DC or become blinded for the duration. A blinded creature can repeat the save at the beginning of its turns to remove the effect on a success. And what does blindness do? Disadvantage? Yeah, it does a whole slew of things. Mostly disadvantage on attacks and stuff. Cool, 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 cool. So, uh, Jimmy, do as you wish with those gloves, and you are headed down to the stables. I put the gloves on my hands. Strong play there. <laughs> um, June, you're making your way out. Um, well, you know what? For the sake of argument, June, would you have just gotten up, gone down? Would you be moseying around uh, the HQ? or what? June would, has been trying to spend a lot of time with um, her fletchling. Lately, the the new Pokemon she caught, she's nicknamed her Cinder. So I think she like gets up, she sees Cinder's kind of like looking out, and she just goes, You're "Just looking outside, buddy. You want to you want to spread your wings, right? Why don't you uh, Why don't you come with me, and we're gonna take to the skies tonight. I'll let you fly along with us." And Cinder kind of like flutters over and hops on her shoulder and kind of perches herself up there, um, and they head out to have a real quick hearty breakfast to energize and then um i maybe take a, take one more morning shot at the null and void too and then head down to the stable okay so um after you eat breakfast and you walk into the null and void um somebody rolls into the null and void from the uh a person you recognize from the training grounds um one of the instructors that kind of helped you um, you know, develop your relationship with your Pokemon, maybe get mastery over their skills and abilities. Um, and he hands you a belt and it kind of looks like a powerlifting belt, like, you know, thick in the backside, like a big buckle in the front. And he hands that to you. 
and he goes, uh, he goes with all with all the work that you've put in, this is a symbol of that, and I think your Pokemon are gonna respond to it too. And he hands that to you, and he goes, uh, and uh, you notice as he walks out. Um, he's got one on too. You don't know this trainer's name. He's just somebody that was always in the training grounds kind of at the same time as you never really forged a relationship with them, but they've maybe taken a, a, an eye to you and, and the work you're putting in and, uh, delivers that just kind of gives you a good luck, slaps you on the shoulder and rolls out with no other words, uh, to be done. Um, and that belt as you, uh, uh, you know, look at it and inspect it, June. That belt gives all of your Pokemon the ab- added ability of guts. Okay, cool. Yeah, June so, uh, slides it underneath kind of her overalls and underneath her shirt so it's hidden uh, and heads down. Okay, so um, I believe guts reduces the, the, the effects of poison and burned except for damage. Um, yeah, you can st- burned... Uh, you deal half damage uh, on melee attacks with burned, so guts negates that effect. And then uh, what was the oh, other one? Hell yeah, poison. Poison. I um, don't get disadvantage on attacks. When you're poisoned, you have disadvantage on attacks. So now my Pokemon won't get disadvantage. Oh, but, okay. So it doesn't re- it doesn't give you advantage. I thought no. it meant it reverses them. No, it so it nullifies all the effects but damage. So, nullifies. Okay. So June okay. will still have to roll to to get out of burned or po- poison status, um, but and still take the damage at the end of the turn. But it really helps uh, June and her Pokemon fight through it. So guts is universal across all your Pokemon, June, as well as their normal uh, ability that they have. And uh, Morty, if you'll allow me a little creative liberty with your character, I'm going to say you show up to the stables at 3.30. Sure. Sounds um, good. And as you roll up to the stables, um, you, no- you notice um, um, a-, a woman in the corner that has kind of done a lot of work in uh, the care of the Pokemon, not like the feeding and the training of them, but in the um, hospice portion of uh, the Pokemon, you know, making them feel better, etc., healing them as you did with your Cyndaquil. And she sees you come down and she, she strolls over and her name will be Michalina. Cause I just saw Michelob Ultra bottle. Um, uh, so Michalina comes over and she goes, I heard you have a, a pretty big, a pretty big mission coming up. And um, although us, here, caretakers don't typically go on missions. I, I wanted to give you this. It's something that I've had um, and that I've cherished, and I want you to have it. And she hands to you uh, what kind of... Uh, it's essentially a bandolier, um, but instead of ammunition or grenades or something that could go into it, it's uh, uh, potion vial slots. And... Um, she hands it to you and goes, it's just the most efficient way that I've been able to carry all my healing items. And I thought that maybe, you know, you might run into a situation where it could help you too. It seems like you might need it more than me. And uh, thanks for all the help you've given me over the last four weeks. And she walks back to take care of the Pokemon. And that uh, bandolier um, allows you to use um, a potion once per battle as a free action. It also allows you to negate range when using a potion. So think of if your Pokemon is 10 feet away or you want to heal 
Tenz's Pokemon or something like that. There's no terrain travel you're going to have to make to get close to administer the potion, and that you can use that once per once per uh, battle. Does that also count for like battle deleters, or is it only for potions? It's it's uh, it's <laughs> only for potions. It's okay. only I'm just it's only I'm, for I'm just uh, checking. Uh, okay, po- we'll say uh, items with positive effects, okay. healing effects. Okay, so um, you all are down in the stables. You see four knocked owls. Um, so go ahead and give yourself credit for having that. I've read Noctowl in one of the in Jamal's previous episode, so you guys have that description. Uh, there's four Noctowls. Alvin isn't there. It's uh, maybe an understudy or something, kind of holding the reins. You guys come up. He recognizes you immediately. Uh, HB still looks nervous and a little queasy, um, but you see these big owl-like Pokemon and get ready to take off. Um, anything you want to do before you leave HQ? I just want to make it clear that June is very gingerly, cautiously climbing on top of this owl. Okay. Morty um, walks over into one of the stalls and relieves himself. <laughs> uh, Michalina looks over and says, Morty, I told you you need to stop doing that, please. <laughs> and then she, uh, she snaps her fingers at the understudy and says, "We um, can you, ha- can you sort this out? Another Morty. They, they just started calling it pulling a Morty. And the guy just like, guys, come on. And she just shrugs like, I don't know, he's old. And they just like kind of like let you do your thing. And the kid goes over and has like a shitty broom. And he's like covering it with like kitty litter-like substance to kind of soak up the liquid. Just a very dejected understudy. And um, uh, you guys hop on your knock towels and I assume you take to the air. everybody this is joe your june thank you for tuning into episode 17 hope you're enjoying our little trip to eterna city and we're finally on our way to our next mission so it's very exciting stuff um, i want to give a special shout out to our patreon subscribers especially those that donate ten dollars or more a month our master trainers that get video recordings of all the episodes and some extra content andre k rip the cord darth nate max bender Rockin' R's Woodshop, Holly Roxana, Strive for Honor, Jello Crew, Cody Becker, Long Live Durf, Disappoint Smith, Henry Kalhoff, Devlin Brinson, Chubbles, Joe Prudhomme, Eric Mathis, Patrick Smith, Zach Gunther, Ben Fisher, Joshua Harris, Takiera Mercado, Cubicle Pirate, John Dwyer, Dana Story, Eilis the Friar, Craig Spaulding, Caitlin Harvey, Robert Gregory, Garrett Johnson, Joey Balboa, Spoopy Fondue, Sam J.O. Melton, Brandon Galbraith, Fumbles O'Brien, Charles Hollow, 8-Bit Wizard, Raver E. Alice, Chris Nelson, Grant Trickle, Joshua McKee, Liquor Locker, Kendall Brock, Mark Deacon, Matthew Watson, Super Average Jason, Mark Albright, and Adam Hoffling. Thank you all so much for your donations to the show. We really appreciate your support um, through all of this. And I got to name some new names this week. So that's super exciting. Um, Thank you all for listening. Enjoy the rest of episode 17. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. Peace out.
As soon as the Noctowl takes off, HB kind of like goes pale white and just grips her uh, Noctowl as, as hard as she can. And um, you're, go- you're going north towards Eternacy. As the sun rises, you see the massive region-wide news branded building nested in the mountains to the east, and Eternacy unfolds in front of you. Incredibly modern buildings line the streets, drawing your attention to the massive colored tents set up in the middle of the city. You arrive at the south side of town moments before dawn, successfully avoiding the curfew. Almost as soon as the sun passes over the crest of the mountain range, people pour out of the buildings into the streets to partake in the Eterna City Festival. Um, and you guys have made it into Eterna City. Uh, as soon as you hop off the Noctowls, they take off. But you guys are in the city, undetected, um, unnoticed. Um, I guess this would be a good time to see what you all are wearing. Uh, again, you do know that you were going into a city. So, I mean, it, that's, you know, it's not, again, covert. You might be seen. So think about what you've got. HB has what she was described in having on earlier. Jimmy's just wearing regular clothes. Yeah, I think Jimmy would be wearing her typical outfit, especially since she's from kind of like the big city. Uh, yeah. No, no change. She's just wearing what she would normally wear. Okay, Jimmy, same to you. Yeah, black shirt, black pants. And I assume somewhere on your person is your badges, your uh, Dusty Dugnut badge? Yeah, I mean, in my pocket. I'm not displaying them, but it, I have it with me. Okay, cool. Good to know. And uh, what about Morty? Morty just has on like a pair of blue coveralls with his little miner's hat. Okay, so he's wearing the miner's hat. Like Good a workman, stuff. workman coveralls kind of thing. Good stuff. I'll say Jimmy's got like a, because it actually says it on our character sheet. We, Jimmy has a black backpack as well. Small, little, sleek kind of work backpack. Okay, cool. That's what all his shit's in. Good stuff. Um, I presume you have no Pokemon out, but I'll let you all confirm that because you do get to do what you want. Yeah. I have none. Uh, I yeah. think that June might have Cinder out because she, re- I mean, Fletchling really just looks like a normal bird. So she might not have her on her person, on her shoulder, but she's within a safe distance fluttering around where maybe other birds might be. Okay. So I'm going to I'm gonna have you, first off, describe exactly what you want Cinder to be doing and then an animal handling check, please. Okay. So, uh... June kind of whispers to her. She says, all right, Cinder girl, um, you go, go out, you know, stay clear away from people. Don't, don't let anybody get a good look at you, but I don't want to keep you cooped up in this ball. You've been in there too long. Um, so just stay, stay close, but far enough away that no one spots you, sees you as a Pokemon. You're a bird today. Uh, Cinder cocks its head and give me an animal handling check, please. Plus six. As uh, 24. Um, Fle- uh, Cinder the Fletchling kicks her head side to side for a second and then just kind of chirps and like hops up. And you feel very confident that she understood exactly what you would like her to do and then flutters away. Uh, as you guys walking to town again, uh, no, 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 none, none the wiser. Uh, the three of you and HB are in. You're blending in. The festival's going on, so people are much more concerned about other things. Um, you have a very strong feeling that the city itself has completely shut down for this fence, uh, for this festival. Um, as soon as you get kind of like to the main crux of where the tents start, 
Um, a few stalls immediately catch your attention. You see a large green tent to your right that looks like it's holding dozens of cages of various sizes, coming from which you can hear a conglomeration of growls and barks and chirps and stuff. <laughs> what a fucking joke. <laughs> Near this tent, there's a large wooden wall that's covered in targets. You see an old man running around, perhaps running some sort of dagger-throwing game. Jesus Christ. <laughs> On the opposite side of the street, you see an old woman hovering over a table of few knickknacks and obscure items that you've never seen before. And this is a direct joke, quote. So I'll let you guys decide kind of where you wanna, where you wanna head and what you wanna do. I guess Jimmy will go take a look at the knickknacks, the old lady's knickknacks. Ask her if she's got any patty wax, will you? Hold on, let me get to the knick-knack store of my uh, thing. <laughs> so you you roll up. I'm, are all of you going or are you splitting up? Uh, no, we're gonna, we'll stick together for now. Okay. <laughs> I'm so excited for this and none of you can understand. Um, you roll up to the knick-knack store and um, uh, it's just an old lady that... that points to a sign that says I've got plenty of things for sale here as she drapes her hand across a table of unimpressive objects. <laughs> no rats or owls. Not at the knickknack store. <laughs> <laughs> so so you've got plenty of things but anything June looks a lot around for anything interesting anything that might catch her eye. Where's your special inventory? And Jimmy winks at her. So she <laughs> recoils a little bit. Um, and you're starting to get the feeling that this woman might be mute as she is not responding. Like she's eye making eye contact with you, but not verbally responding. And she points to June and she, again, with her arms, like does one of these over a very plain oak box with a lid. Oak box, huh? She kind of looks to her, like nodding her head, trying to speak, you know, clearly. At, Can I open it? She snaps both hands shut and waves her finger and then points over at the dart throwing game. I have to win there and then I get the box. She says she nods her head and then she starts like scribbling out on a sheet of paper and she like shows it to you. And it just says, um, it, it just says, paid a lot of money for the voucher for this item. Mm, all right. All right, then. I guess I'm uh, I'm going to go head over there, guys. Uh, she wants me to look at this box. So uh, target game it is. And she kind of claps her hands together and walks over to the target stand. The dart throwing game with the axes. Um, so you head on over to the dart throwing game. Uh, the old uh, guy, the, uh, I, the old man sees you guys approach. Uh, and he has kind of like a little makeshift countertop um, that um, he, he, he kind of like steps up into and goes, step right up, step right up, try my dart throwing game, hit the right target and you win a prize. Who's ready? Who's ready? Five po yen, five po yen a throw. Who's ready? All right, mister, I'll try your game. And she slams five po mm -hmm. yen on the counter. Feisty, here we go. And he hands you a dart. All right, so uh, any one of these targets? Well, there's a special target you have to hit, and it's random for fun. 
Wow, I swear, this sounds so familiar. Uh, all right, well, I give it a shot. She closes her eyes and throws the dart. Um, roll a d6. Roll a d6, okay. Four. I got a five. You fire <laughs> and it pops a dart and there's not a... Oh, so close, but not good enough. June already has slammed another five po yen. Uh, oh, okay, just gonna, okay, and he, he hands you another dart. Now the four's gone? The four is gone, we'll say the four is gone. If you roll a four, you re-roll. Rolled four. A six. I got a two! <laughs> <laughs> so that, so Holly, Holly, uh, HB steps up, I, I'm supposed to be calling it a, or calling her HB, but I keep saying on. HB steps up and goes, uh, June, let me, let me give this a whirl. I think, I think I've got it. And she kind of reaches into her tool belt and, and like palms something and then puts her own money down. All right, fine. Okay, all right, a little friendly, womanly wager it looks like going on here. We have a winner! (laughs) (laughs) June rolls her eyes hard. (laughs) (laughs) And HB tucks her hand back into one of the side pouches of uh, with all her tools and gizmos and gadgets in it. And she grabs her voucher and she goes... Thanks, and just kind of does like a, a, a finger nod to the guy, um, and she shoves the voucher in her pocket. Um, looks like I'll have to revisit. <laughs> I don't know why I'm why I'm using that voice. <laughs> HG just turns. And goes, I'm gonna bounce back over to the knickknack shop, and she hops over, and you see her trading the voucher and carrying um, carrying the the brown oak box back with her with the lid into the group. So what is it? Open it up, HP. She whips it open, and it is a, a small square-like object with um, a metal piece at the bottom that kind of slides. And when it slides, it reveals a very small strip of um, what almost looks like camera film. And what you guys might recognize in the real world as a floppy disk. <laughs> mm, that, what a prize, June says. And she, like, you say that, but she's, like, holding it up to the light. And she's like, oh, and she's tilting it back and forth. And she slips it into, uh, into the, uh, bre- into her breast pocket. And I mean, there's some, there's probably some portion of our audience that does not know what a floppy disk is. Uh, strong. It's the save symbol in Microsoft Word. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> That's a good point. No one, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, well, and it, a lot of phones, the call button is still a rotary phone. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfuckers haven't seen a rotary phone in their lives. <laughs> what is this strange sideways smile? <laughs> right. yeah. We're all sounding real <laughs> Morty-like right now. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you guys are in the festival. Well, what do you, uh, looks, June looks around and is like, well, it looks like the only thing left is this uh, cage thing. You guys want, I don't know, we don't have time for pets. Jimmy, you interested? I am have interested. Some kind of stealthy, I don't know, rat or something. As you guys walk up to this tent that's a little bit larger than, uh, than some of the other merchant tents, 
you see all sorts of mechanical creatures, birds, rabbits, and a few things that you've never seen before in your life. Four-legged things with, like, beaks and strange feathered tails are all in cages. <laughs> and this old lady approaches you, and you guys walk up to the tent, and she's like, mm, Hello, how are you doing? What are you looking for today? I've got plenty of mechanical beasts and creatures that you might be interested in. What do they do? They're, they're creatures. They're mechanical creatures. They're toys for children or weird adults. <laughs> What's in the birdcage? A mechanical bird toy. <laughs> <laughs> June has had enough. She turns around <laughs> and just goes somewhere else. Well, but what do they do? It's a toy, like, it's mechanical. What does it, a mechanical bird toy, what does it do? Can it fly? Does it she, leap? She holds up one of the cages and goes, I've got the- <laughs> Sorry, I can't. <laughs> you know, I thought in season two I'd be done being shit on as a DM. <laughs> I've got this small, two-inch tall, brass tawny owl. <laughs> And as she says that, it kind of like flutters its wings in the cage. She goes, that's kind of what it does. Do you have any rats? Fresh. (laughs) Okay. out and then a little helper runs from the back she's like well we do have one left and she and she uh her helper holds up a little tiny cage with a mechanical rat in it how much for the rat you're not gonna try to steal it <laughs> well uh you're gonna make a puff of wind <laughs> I guess I could use smoke screen. <laughs> We're not attacking until tomorrow, right? <laughs> Don't do this. Morty drops a smoke bomb. Can I take a look at the rat? Can I hold it in my hand? She goes, sure. And she hands you the cage. She hands you the cage. Oh my gosh. How much does it cost? She never told me how much it costs. Two po yen! Oh, I'll just buy it. That's too much. That's <laughs> way too much of a scene <laughs> for two po yen. Uh, she takes your two po yen. She goes, You got a great deal! And then puts it in the register. Cool. Uh, I take my rat with me. I, I hold it on the palm of my hand and wind it up and let it do whatever little toy things it does. Right after you wind it up, it ticks once and then it explodes in cogs and springs <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> and then you just, I want some rat babes. That, that's, that's all you hear as it falls into nothingness. Uh, well, this has been a really eventful festival. Can we just sleep until tomorrow? <laughs> Um, uh, you, you, you mentioned your, uh, frustrated exhaustion, June, and HB points and goes, how about we just, how about we go to this tent over here? You see a large banner across the tent that says the leaky froge. 
And it's a uh, it's a beer tent, kind of like Oktoberfest style, and and how it's set up. And she she scampers off in there. Yeah, actually, I could really use one of those. Let's go. Morty follows as well. <laughs> um, so this definitely sees where uh, this definitely seems to be where the congregation of this festival is. Um, could you all make a perception check, please? Twenty, not natural. Seven, nine. Oh wait, you know what? Uh, not that it matters because they only have twenty, but Cinder gives me advantage. Nope. Okay, twenty it is. Okay, so for the sake of uh, I, that's a great point. For the sake of this, where is Cinder right now? Uh, floating overhead. Um, she's like darting. There's some birds kind of like going from tree to tree or perching on like stalls and stuff. And she's- so this is like a huge pitched Oktoberfest tent. So I'll say maybe the birds are like in the scaffolding that's kind of oh, holding yeah. the tent you know up. Oh, yeah. Middle- like you go in a Walmart and they're all in the roof and stuff. Yeah. Perfect. Um, so June, as you all walk in, you kind of see HB uh, peel to the right um, and go grab a pint. But, um, you see in the distance, you see um, uh, a, a camera and an RWN, uh, perhaps reporter, somebody holding a mic and doing the sign-off. So, um, this is us as the Eterna City Festival order prevails. And they kind of sign off and you see the camera go off and that. Um, and Jimmy, you got a nine? Yeah. Jimmy got a nine. Morty got a seven. Okay. Um so that's that's all the, the all the the extra info I can give you. If one of you would have eclipsed a ten, I could have given you something. But uh, those are just a little too sad. So uh, <laughs> June, you see that kind of like at the far end of the tent. Um, and give me, can you give me an added perception, like another perception check? Now that you've noticed that on that specific thing, please. Yeah, I'll roll advantage with Cinder looking out as well. Uh, I got a natural one and then a nineteen, so that's a twenty-five. So on your uh, very strong 25, you, once the light of the camera flicks off, the you see the caster kind of drop their mic and roll their eyes and grab like a huge stein that's on the table closest and kill a beer. And now you kind of start noticing that maybe they've been slugging beers before they went on air or something. And now that uh, they're off, they're going to keep drinking and they're kind of feeling a little inebriated. Okay, so June picks up that they're with the TV station, a little drunk. She sees him, and um, she kind of, you know, looks out for the guys and says, I'm going to go see uh, if maybe I could gather some intel. Look over there. And she points him out in uh, their direction. And then she says, uh, or she points uh, him out uh, to them. She says, Jimmy, do you want to come with you? You're the smooth talker. Yes. Okay. I do. Marty, you can come too, but uh, just be nonchalant, all right? Oh, I am I am really good at being uh, non-challenged. HB intercepts <laughs> you. As you guys are um, ra- having this conversation, HB intercepts you and hands you all uh, a big old uh, Oktoberfest-sized stein of beer. Excellent. She fits right in. Well, good looking out there, HB. At a girl, she slaps her on the back and then heads over to the guy. Uh, she, uh, HB takes a big drink and starts to follow. But as you get closer to the art, next, then she picks up its RWN people and she starts to to sit back a little bit. She doesn't quite join the affront that you guys are going over. Um, 
But as you roll up, June, at the end of one of these long wood tables is the uh, RWN individual drinking a beer and um, the, the cameraman now starting to drink a beer as well. All right. So what are we about to try to do? They're just they're uh, they're with the TV station, so maybe you know we just strike up some conversation and uh, find out about more about uh, I don't know their job. Their- Morty was just going to follow June's lead, go with the flow. Fair enough. Yeah, so June just kind of plops down next to him and lifts her mug up to cheers, and she says, "It's a hell of a festival, isn't it?" Oh, I. I, I had to work hard, but I've been able to cover this festival the last five years. I get to travel to come here, and they put me up and pay for everything. It's good stuff. And just slugs back another deep drink of beer and, like, waves over to uh, to one of, uh, for, for another beer to, to be brought. Yeah. Jimmy's like, what was your favorite? You've been doing this for five years. What was your favorite one? He kind of leans back. <laughs> Honestly, like, they're all great, but... Everyone before this one was awesome, but every everything is just so like ah, uh, you know, right now, like it's just in your face right oh, now. Oh yeah, I don't know what's up with some void characters kind of causing a ruckus. I don't know what's up with that. They hate our freedom. That's probably true. That's they probably hate true. our freedom. Am I right, buddy? And he pats him on the back. Hey guys, I, I they hate them all. And just rips back another drink of beer. Listen to this. I'll tell you something. And then just kind of like, like drunkenly, like stares off into space. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah? What, what, what are you going to tell us there, bud? And uh, they snap over. She goes, I'm, I don't know. I don't know you. So I'm, I don't know you. Listen, we're just a couple of buds drinking beers together, having a nice time. You know, we got to express our frustrations with our job sometime. My job sucks. Jimmy says, uh, listen, I'll tell you one thing. We don't know each other, but I think everybody at this table can agree that we're patriots. And we believe in this country and what it stands for. And I thank you for what you do every day, bringing the news to the people of... Uh, this great country that we're in right now. Uh, and the person points at you and goes, I am in the business of telling the truth and I do it damn well. And then like gives you like a, <laughs> like, a like a big wing and you know, crushes just another beer. Like going down at a pace that is like flabbergasting to you all as another beer is served over and the cameraman's like fuck I and the cameraman gets up and walks away and as another beer is presented uh, the elbow drops on the table and points right at you Jimmy because I'll tell you what since all this started there's like so many more people at the building the work building here and even at our work building in Hohen and they are even carrying new uh, new weapons and kind of makes like a oh, well it's not and then like you say weapons and he, he, uh, the the reporter pivots they're like oh okay not like weapons but these new like purple bullets purple bullets and purple bullets and looks over and looks around and goes 
And I... People say they're specifically made to kill Pokemon. Wow. What? What? Pokemon? There's no Pokemon. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right, right. Oh, to, to kill animals. <laughs> I... You're weird. Uh, hey... Hey, and just let me just, ask you. So, let me ask you something. Well, hold on. So, are you saying that there are there's military walking around your job at the police station, or not the police station, the um, TV station? Um, as the as the reporter's getting up, the attention goes back to Jimmy, uh, drunk enough to kind of forget the June's que- line of questioning, and uh, focuses on Jimmy. Goes. Well, we are telling, we're responsible for telling everybody what's going on in the world, letting them know the truth, and then hit you with, like, <laughs> another one of those. Wait, do you have something in your eye? Like, why do you keep doing that? Something in your <laughs> eye, and then walks away. The TV reporter walks away. <laughs> June just kind of leans back in her chair, and Chip finishes the rest of her mug, and she says, well, that was uh, something, Jimmy. We got to tell Geneva about those bullets. I, uh, I, I don't. Uh, Geneva kind of said that we was on our own. She did, but I her. think that this is important for the operation. I'm yeah, going to go tell her. I think even hotshot Astio, big power trip Geneva, might need to know this. Uh, I think I think that this uh, yeah, perfect. Jimmy's so you're the perfect fucking doing one that to in the tent, information. Yeah? I'm just well, before you <laughs> left. Yeah, we're by ourselves. I thought he left. Are we not by ourselves? It's an Oktoberfest-sized tent where everybody has seemed to congregate drinking beer. So no, you are not alone. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were all at like kind of a table off to the side. And now we were by ourselves. I don't do that. Question. Solid. Yes. Reason. The camera operator guy. Did he? Is the? Did he leave? Did they leave their equipment on the ground? No. They, they grabbed all their shit and they walked away once okay. the TV reporter started spouting off. Um, everybody give me a perception check. 18. Uh, that is a 12. Okay. Morty with a natural 20. Nice. So all of you begin to notice across this large tent, void members that you have seen within the union, within the Johto, uh, HQ. Um, all of them seem to be engaged with conversations that aren't void members, uh, perhaps maybe doing the same thing that you all have been doing. Um, HB rolls up to you, and she says, "It seems like a lot of people are farming, or a lot of a lot of the void folks are are farming information here. So we want to make sure we touch base either tonight or first thing in the morning before we we head out on the mission." And she just kind of slinks back and takes a big drink of beer. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. We just heard that. People at the TV station might be having these special bullets that are really effective against Pokemon. So that's some important information we need to know. Mid drink, her eyes just kind of widen, and it's almost you're almost glad that she's taking a drink because she might have uh, uh, had a recoiled response, an auditory response to that. But her eyes widen, and she <laughs> kind of coughs on the drink she just took, and she nods, and she's like. We, be- we better get to our uh, we better get to our room. I-, I took the time while you guys were over here to to book us a hotel room to stay. 
on the level with everybody, all the other festival goers. You're really on top of this, HP. I'm glad you're part of this group. Well, <laughs> I, it really felt like you guys weren't, so I, I just really wanted to do it right. I, um, I don't know what that means. We've been doing great. We're here. Are we here? Are we here? It looks like we're here. Uh, to that, me. I don't that, know. Was, that was unnecessarily uh, heartful um, and uncalled for, that we don't do that in Team Void Void. <laughs> but truthful. Harsh but fair. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe.